0: Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever time you're checking this podcast out, man, it is so good to talk to you again as we continue our study through Galatians, our daily devotional. It's been so good being able to actually see what Paul is writing, like what he actually saying, what messages he's trying to convey, and then uh, what is this scripture that Paul is writing say about God? What does it say about mankind? And then how can I apply it to my life? So it's good to be back with you guys talking about it. And we got a a pretty longer section than normal, um, but it all goes together. So I want to stay with it and roll through it. I'm not going to pick apart every detail, but that's not what we're supposed to do specifically in a daily devotional, man. I think that we just go through and take these certain aspects and see how they can apply to our lives. But I do not want to discourage you most definitely From diving deeper and deeper and deeper into God's word. If you want to take it smaller, like maybe a couple of verses and just see what you could just squeeze out of that scripture to uh, be able to apply it to your life, understand more about who God is, uh, who we are, and then how we're supposed to live this out because of that, man, I would definitely, most definitely encourage that because it's just... A blessing to get to know God even more. But for our sake today, I'm trying to keep it short. So I just uh, want to go through it, survey it, but still see what is actually being said, what God is being portrayed as, and who mankind is being portrayed as, and how we can apply those in our lives from just that, man. So let's dive into it. It's Galatians chapter 3, verses 14 through 29. I'm sorry, 15 through 29. It says, Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it is only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now, the promises were spoken to Abraham and his seed. He does not say and to seeds as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed. That is Christ. What I am saying is this. The law, which came four hundred thirty years later, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it by Abraham by means of a promise. Why the law then? It was added because of transgression, having been ordained through the angels of agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. Now, a mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is only one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if a law had been given which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed have been based on law. But the scripture has shut up everyone under sin, so that the promise of faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore the law became our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith." But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you were baptized into Christ, having clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise." Yeah, this is a, uh, a wonderful scripture here, man, and Paul is talking to them people following what he said at the last of, of of the scripture that we read yesterday, and it says that so we would receive the promised spirit through faith, and so Paul is continuing to talk about that gospel, but he's saying uh, when he said that, that the scriptures had preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand that by your descendants you will be blessed, he's going to explain that a little bit, and he says that This explanation comes from the fact that Abraham, who was accounted righteousness because of faith, was promised something. See, he said that promise was descendants, not S, actually descendant, a seed. And that seed in which um, um, Jesus, or I'm sorry, the seed that which God had promised was Jesus. See, that is how he's fulfilling this promise of being able to uh, bless the nations, the way in which he blesses the nations is a promise that he would give him a seed. And that seed is Jesus. Because it's through Jesus that all the nations are blessed. It's through Jesus that all men can be saved. It's through Jesus that we actually get a chance to receive the Holy Spirit. See, we get the Spirit of God because Jesus has united us. He has, Jesus has, uh, we have clothed ourselves in Christ is what uh, um, Paul says later on. Now, Paul continues to talk about that that promise that that even if the law did come, and it did come, it's a great law. Paul says in other uh, scriptures, if we cross-reference, he says that uh, the law is good. It's it's holy. It's great. It's perfect. So the law is not to be destroyed. I don't want people to think that, no, nah, you're supposed to just uh, abandon the law and, and nothing like that. It, it is not. It's not. That is not what its intent is. It is uh, what Paul says here is to show us Christ, to lead us to Christ. It was a tutor, a teacher to Christ. But our adherence to it, our following of it is not how we gain life because no man can follow it completely and wholly. Only Christ. It is by faith in Christ. It is by uniting ourselves in Christ through faith that we can be saved. And that's the power of the gospel. See, the idea of the law that God had given us is to be a tutor to Christ. And so I think that means in a way that um, we are, the law is to show us the type of person that we are to be. So, So let me say this a little bit better. It is that by looking into the law, we not only see like the perfection of what attitudes and actions to do but is also what character or virtue that we are to be and see that law that we were to look at and to see shows us who we are actually to be which is christ that's why i says it's a tutor to christ it teaches us that we are to look like act like have the heart of and that's what i mean when i say that it is not just an, an outward action that not just the the what we do, but it's the heart because what Christ did is he lived those things out because it was who he was, not just things that he did. And so that's why Christ is in us because no longer do we look at the law and that's why we can't get salvation from the law is because the law will not make us be like Christ. The law will not make us have the heart to live out. The, the way in which God has called us to live out. It doesn't give us the heart. It only tells us what to do. But whenever we get Christ, he not only uh, reveals to us what to do through the law, but he also helps us to carry it out. That's why it says in, in uh, uh, Ezekiel, it says that I will give you a new heart. That's why we often talk about regeneration, which is in Titus, is that the Holy Spirit regenerates us. It gives us a new heart. So then we are able To be the person that the law required us to be. Give us the heart and the love for God to carry out his commands that the law showed us to be. So I think that's important. But what's it say about God? Well, I think that it clearly says about God that he is good. He is good because he maintains his promises, man. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He will always do. He will always accomplish That which he says he will do. Because if God made the promise beforehand, 430 years before the law, and then countless years after that, God fulfilled his promise in Jesus. He did what he said he was going to do. And we should just be reminded of that, that God is faithful. But also that he just loves us, man. I mean, I keep going back to the gospel. I keep going back to it. It says that by grace, we are saved through faith. And it is Jesus who accomplishes for And if we put our trust in him, then we can have this salvation. So God made a way for us because he knew we could not fulfill the law. And so he gave us a way, man, a way to be able to be perfect, a way in which we can enter his kingdom and have fellowship with him forever. He gave us a way. Through Jesus, because he knew that the law could never bring life. In matter of fact, it brings death, but it is not death. The law is life, but it brings death because it convicts us or reveals to us sin. And then we, by our own nature of sin, want to do that. That's what Romans talks about. If we cross-represent with what Paul was saying uh, to that congregation, to that people. So God truly loves us because he made a way that we can connect with him despite our wickedness and our hostility against him. What's it say about us? Well, first, it says that uh, we have to be humble. We have to trust and we have to have faith in Christ. That's what it says to me. But it also says something I think that's really powerful about man and about God, at the same time, I should have started out with God in this. But it says, God no shows no partiality with the gospel. And so as as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to remember that we are all on equal footing. It says that there's no difference between the Jew, the Greek, the slave, the free, the male, nor female. Is because we are all one in Christ. That one is the spirit that he gives us that unites us together as one body. And so we have to recognize that and see that in our lives that there is not one person that is greater than the other. We are all of great value, and we are all equally needed in this family to carry out the purposes. And we talked about that a few days ago. But the purposes that God has called us to do in our lives and to share that with the church. I think I think that's that's uh, really important for us to remember, and that seed. That Jesus' man can be connected to him through baptism. And that is baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. And then also baptism uh, into the family of God. That is what this is about. How am I going to live this out in my life? Well, first off, I'm going to, man, and I I hate that I repeat this, but I don't hate it because it's so important. Is that I want to realize that God loves me that he would make a way when I couldn't. And he knew I couldn't make a way, and so he did that. He made a way for me to enter into his kingdom and to be a part of his life forever. But I also want to take with this, though, a real application, is that I need to remember that I am not greater, I am not better than any other person. That there is no more in Christ Jesus. There is no more difference between Jew or Greek, slave or free. We're all one in Christ. And so I should not show any partiality. And and a lot of times we often think about showing partiality for the good. We're like, well, we don't want to put this brother in a higher place, a higher seat than another. But I think that I also have to remember that just because you are rich or just because you're poor or just because you are white or just because you're black doesn't mean that I need to not discipline you when you do wrong. You see, I think that's a different concept that I haven't been thinking about lately is that sometimes I show partiality because I'll be like, well, I don't want to say nothing to him I don't want because he's in this position or he's in this place. So I don't want to say nothing to him right now. But to be honest with you, that's wrong as well. And of course, I want to look at people as evenly, I'm going to give this amount of food to him or, or share this amount of love with him. But I haven't realized actually until just now that That I am partial in the fact that I will um, reserve more discipline or more uh, rebuke or uh, more reproof to one person other than the other. Hmm. That got me, guys. That got me this morning. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you uh, for listening. What are you going to use this scripture to apply into your life? How are you going to take this scripture and let it change you? How are you going to let the Holy Spirit speak to you as you read this passage? I'm gonna leave with you that I'm gonna leave you with that. And I'll talk to you guys in the next podcast. Thanks for listening.